Steve Strickland, thanks for dropping in this morning. Hey, good morning, Tim. How are you doing? Everything I know about is good, but I'm not the one who needs votes here. That's you. Uh, let, let's mention what I just talked about there, then, then some more about we'll reintroduce ourselves. I know we talked uh, during the run-up to the November election, but uh, but here's the thing. I, I look back at the way that thing shook out last fall, special election, as we mentioned, four candidates, you finished fourth. Uh, what are you going to do to beat the guy who finished first? Quite impressively, whatever else, this guy won without a runoff in a field of four candidates. How do you make up that ground? Well, I think in a general election, it's uh, very easy to make the ground up because you have a larger uh, voter turnout. Uh, in the special election, at least in Oconee County, we were the uh, only thing on the ballot. Uh, which resulted in less than a 20 percent uh, turnout of Republican voters. When you look at the overall results, I'm actually optimistic, uh, even though I did finish fourth, I am optimistic uh, on those results. Uh, first, you have to take into account that all, not all campaigns are created equal. Um, I self-financed my own campaign. I had to build recognition uh, in the district. Uh, where uh, my two Republican uh, competitors already had uh, name brand recognition. Um, so when I look back at the actual numbers, I go one layer deep. Uh, I look at the money spent per vote. And uh, running against uh, the two Republican candidates. Tom uh, Lord, I, a well-known funeral home operator, yes. Marcus Weedauer, who has run before. Who has run before, Correct. Uh, and I spent $10,000 on my campaign. Uh, the other candidates spent forty dollars and $70,000 on their campaigns, respectively. So I ran, I ran out of runway, really, um, mm -hmm. when, you, when you boil it down. But if you look at dollars per vote, um, I spent roughly $22 per vote. Uh, my two Republican competitors uh, spent uh, $28 and $45, respectively. Oh, I love that stat. I mean, whether it's you or anybody else, I love that. I love looking at that stat. One of the things it tells me, and this has nothing to do with you. We'll get to you in a moment. I just, I just love this stat. Go back and look at 2016. It's entirely possible that Jeb Bush, remember Jeb Bush, it's entirely possible that Jeb Bush spent more money per vote than any candidate in U.S. history. It's entirely possible that Donald Trump spent less. Where's Donald Trump today? Where's Jeb Bush today? That, I, I love that particular statistic. Uh, Steven Strickland, you're telling me you're in the telecom business. Doing what? Yes, sir. So I work for a veteran-owned small business uh, headquartered in Canton, Georgia. We have branch locations uh, scattered across the U.S. Uh, if you really boil it down, uh, we design, construct, and manage uh, broadband and mobile networks. Uh, so fiber that goes into the ground uh, that uh, effectively provides uh, consumers and businesses with data, voice, video, and then mobile networks that are uh, more complex in nature. Uh, so envision uh, a, a lot of fans converging on a venue such as SunTrust Park. Uh, those networks are uh, what we're brought in to do as subject matter experts uh, in design and deployment so that uh, fans can effectively communicate both inside and outside the you know, By the way, I'm told that's critical. I'm told yes. that's critical down at Sanford Stadium now. That these college kids... We did Sanford Stadium, they, too. They don't want to <laughs> go if they can't... They'll go watch you play LSU, but they're mm -hmm. not going to go watch you play New Mexico State if you can't give them Wi-Fi. 
I don't get it, but that's where they're coming from. And I know there's been this stepped up effort in years to increase that that stadium experience. And you're and, and that's yeah, it's, it's some of what you do. Experience. It's not just Wi-Fi. It's heterogeneous networks. It's mm-hmm. Wi-Fi. It's cellular. It's even public safety. So in the event of an incident, when public uh, when first responders converge, mm-hmm. they can effectively communicate with one another in, inc- in incident management. Well, you know, it's interesting because that Steve Strickland with his candidate uh, for the House District One, 19 seat running as a Republican. That's going to be a thing here. We, we're, we're here. Congressman Doug Collins talks about it, uh, and the folks in the legislature talking about Casey Cagle's out there talking about it as he runs for governor. This issue of internet access. Now, I don't know how big an issue it is here. I mean, in, in Athens, we I think we're okay. I, I know we're not okay in other parts of the state. I know we're not okay in parts of rural Georgia. I don't know what the answer is. I, I think it's the same challenge we had 100 years ago that that gave birth to the emcs i mean it wasn't profitable for the big boys to run electricity out to the sticks and so the emcs came in and stepped in and filled that void there are obviously differences but it generally speaking generically speaking that's kind of what we're facing now with with the internet issue it's not profitable for the big boys to to run into these smaller rural places yet you're um, i would think a free market republican how do you square the circle here how do we provide what we say is critical infrastructure in terms of internet access to rural georgia you're absolutely correct you can't get fiber to every home Uh, it's just not economically feasible uh, what you'll see, and, and, I, and I'll, I'll speak to the um, seat that I'm running for mm-hmm. um, in the General Assembly. Uh, so from a, a state law perspective, uh, I, I do believe that the House and Senate uh, are, are making some, some very positive moves this year. Um, they are uh, in, in the process of uh, pushing a, a bill called the Fiber Act through, uh, which uh, effectively reduces some of the obstacles uh, that deployment providers face uh, when it comes to getting uh, fiber out in public right-of-way and deploying mobile infrastructure, um, which is you're charting into 5G and mobile broadband. That's a more cost-effective way of, mm. of serving the uh, consumer. Secondly, uh, there are some issues I see with that bill. Uh, one around insurance requirements for certain companies hired to go in and construct those networks and then holding the telecommunications operators feet to the fire to ensure that they are deploying in rural communities. There's other bills out there that I'm really excited about. There's a small cell bill uh, that uh, promotes better collaboration with the PSC and a local government agency so that we can get permits and site acquisition completed more efficiently um, and get these densified networks uh, that will power 5G and mobile broadband out there in the market. And then there's from a tax credit perspective, uh, there is a bill that uh, is effectively going to uh, put Georgia on a level playing field with states like North Carolina um, around the uh, taxation of hardware purchased for mobile broadband equipment in the rural communities. Um, so in total, I'm, I'm really excited about where it's headed. Now, from an from a infrastructure, a computing perspective, there are some bills coming up that I do have questions about. Uh, the Senate um, has a, the state Senate has a bill that I, I'm, ca- I'm going to call it a state level uh, net neutrality. Mm. Bill, I'm, I'm a free market guy. Mm-hmm. I think um, when you look at what net neutrality was um, passed to do back in the Obama area, Obama era, you know, the um, um, discrimination, uh, throttling, and transparency, you know, it sounded really good to the public, but it stifles uh, the circle of innovation sure. 
and so when you have uh, the FCC pulling back on net neutrality, but then at a state level, we're starting to impose more regulations on an industry that is creating jobs, I, I have a problem with that. Uh, quickly, uh, Steve mm-hmm. Strickler with his candidate for a seat in the Georgia House. Uh, speaking of telecom, here's <laughs> I just get this uh, from the Athens Clark County Tag Office. It, it says this, phone lines aren't working. Phone lines at the Athens Clark County Tag Office out there on Lexington Road aren't working. So this is this. Go by there if you have a question or email them. The email's working, but the phone's on. That piece of breaking news coming as we talk about uh, telecom issues with a candidate for a seat in the Georgia House. The phone lines at the tag office on Lexington aren't working. Doesn't tell me why, but uh, I don't know that they know why. Get it fixed, and and we'll let you know. But right now, your best bet is to just drive out there, which i got to be doing soon anyway, or send them an email. Again, Stephen Strickland, candidate for a seat in the Georgia House uh, as we approach the bottom of the hour. Uh, That issue, though, of expanding and making... Internet access, uh, better cell phone quality and access 5G and the rest of it. What, if any, role? You talked about a couple of bills that are out there. And and, and, and mm-hmm. you as a free market Republican, about a minute here before we break. Is that philosophically a problem for you? Or you do see a, a legislature at, at the state level and at the federal level that can be active and, and bring about a positive result? Absolutely. I see a legislature that can bring forth a positive result. Um, and, and actually, as a third party, I'm part of an organization called TAG. It's interesting. You, you mentioned TAG, but it's a different <laughs> TAG. It's Technology Associates Georgia. And as part of a government relations task force, what we do is meet biweekly at the state capitol and we track technology and, and business legislation. Uh, and we collaborate with businesses, both small and large, on how we can um, better impact the decision-making of uh, the legislators that are currently in office. And then bringing it up a level, if you look at just broadband strategy uh, in general, there is another bill that's out there this year uh, that, it, that looks to build a cohesive strategy for the deployment of broadband infrastructure that gives that level of control and managing the long-range plan uh, to an organization called the GTA, the Georgia Technology, Georgia Technology Authority, Authority, which overlaps with the state agencies of Georgia. Um, so it doesn't add regulation, but it ensures that there's not a fragmented approach and they're marching toward a common goal, which is ensuring that every resident in Georgia can have access uh, to the internet. Uh, Steve Strickland back in studio with us this morning. Steve Strickland got to know him a little bit when he ran last year unsuccessfully, as it turns out, for House District 119, running again. It's a seat on that special election last year. Uh, Jonathan Wallace, the Democrat, won it, uh, is in Atlanta, I'm sure now, getting ready for the start of a new legislative day beneath the gold on there. Jonathan Wallace, Republican. Uh, we saw Jonathan Wallace in our town here a couple of three weeks ago. As a matter of fact, my wife and I were out for dinner that night downtown Athens, and we, we walked out of a restaurant. What's that noise we keep hearing? Road by City Hall, there's this big protest rally going. I say big, I don't know, three, four dozen folks there uh, who were, it was an, an immigrant rights protest. Uh, Jonathan Wallace, Deborah Gonzalez, among the folks who, who organized the thing locally, specifically their, their sideways over Clark County, uh, Sheriff Ira Edwards and his policy, to, as I understand his policy, his policy is to obey federal law and to work with federal law enforcement when it comes to the issue of dealing with folks who might need to be dealt with from an immigration standpoint. Where are you on all this? Well, I'll tell you right now, I stand with our our police department. Um, as you stated, uh, there is uh, state law even uh, dating back to eight years ago uh, that uh, banned sanctuary cities. Uh, mm-hmm. Two years ago that 
uh, has put a mandate on uh, local police departments uh, to cooperate with the federal government on the enforcement of immigration policy. Um, so from my perspective, the police department, they're doing their job. And I do find it disappointing that before uh, Wallace and Gonzalez established any credibility in the state house, that they go and release a joint statement which created division in the community. Um, I take a, a significant issue with that. Um, I support uh, the policies that our, our state and federal government are currently looking to enforce around immigration. Um, and, you know, I'll do everything in my power to uh, maintain the, the status quo and in, ensure that uh, uh, our police department's voices are heard. Uh, as you stated, when you make a public statement like that, uh, protesters uh, begin to organize. Uh, it takes away from productivity uh, with our uh, police department and other first responders uh, and th they could be focusing on uh, more important things. In terms of the immigration issue itself, I, mean, I don't know how people arrive at this number, but there are people who tell us <clears throat> that, that we have a larger concentration, a larger population of illegal immigrants in Georgia than in Arizona. I mean, that sounds counterintuitive. Arizona is a border state. Whatever the number is and whatever the, the, the truth of that is, uh, Georgia is, uh, for any number of reasons, a place where a lot of illegal immigrants tend to come and, and tend to find work and employment. Can we approach and attack do all the border security you want, can we really do a significant job of, of effectively curtailing illegal immigration uh, without dealing with the issue of employers who pay these folks to work? Well, that's, that's an interesting question. And, you know, going back to my previous comment, uh, our state government we and, and local law enforcement, uh, we, we have to collaborate with ICE. We have to ensure that uh, immigration law is enforced. Um, I understand that there is a um, there are industries where we are dependent on uh, immigrant labor, uh, and we have uh, visas for that. Uh, and so those that are out there uh, should follow the process um, if they want to employ um, labor um, that's outside the U.S. Uh, secondly, um, you know it does have an impact to to an extent on. Uh, productivity in, in certain um, industries, especially in, in farming. Uh, but you know, by the same token, we have to focus on uh, obeying the law. And, um, you know, I, I think taking a proactive approach to uh, enforcing immigration policy at the state level is um, in the best interest for all Georgians. All right, uh, Stephen Strickland with us, candidate for a seat in the Georgia House, running as a Republican, Jonathan Wallace, the incumbent Democrat at his House District 119, mostly, not entirely, but mostly Oconee County. Biggest part of the budget every year, and this is one thing they have to do before they get done uh, sometime near the end of March. they got to balance a budget. The biggest part of that budget every year is education. Uh, 54, 55 cents of every dollar goes to education funding in Georgia. Fastest growing component to that budget is, is and has been for several years Medicaid and health care expenses in Georgia. How do you that? How are we going to handle this in, in years to come? I mean, in the legislature, whatever they decide to do this year and whatever you might do in years to come as an elected representative, should you be victorious in November? I don't know what you can do if you don't know what Washington's going to do. 
Yeah, you've got a great point there, and um, you you touched on two two matters that I'll, I'll address uh, independently of one mm-hmm. another. Um, you know, first is is education, and and you're right. Um, it does take a a majority of our state budget, which, uh, based on the adjustments for 2018, was just increased by 300 million dollars. So it's just north of 25 billion dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, just K through 12 education alone is 40 percent of that budget. Um, in K through 12 education, um, you'll see uh, certain rural school districts. Uh, they're they're struggling to keep pace. They have high teacher attrition rates. Uh, Five year average is 44 um, percent. You know, my perspective around you know, how do we improve our education process in K through 12? I like what the state is doing this year around a pilot to have more individualized programs. I believe they have a pilot with 10 schools. Um, they also recently adopted, uh, about two years ago, a German model for a three-year apprentice program. They have 20 manufacturers participating in that. And what that does, it, uh, it combines work um, in high-growth industries where we have gaps in resources today with um, higher education learning, such as charting toward an associate's degree while you're in high school. While these kids also have the chance to earn up to $25,000 while they're in high school, and then the curriculum you would see in K through 12. Um, and then on a, in addition to that, uh, you'll, see an ex, you'll see additional um, focus being put on um, dual enrollment classes. It's um, a metric, and it's a proven metric, that when you have uh, students who are dual enrolled in college classes, uh, their graduation percentage goes up to close to 80 percent. And that's really exciting for, I think, Georgia, because we have a more innovative approach to help to yeah. our education. And quickly, I want you to speak to health care mm-hmm. as we're about to run out of time here. But quickly, that, that again is the fastest growing part of the budget. What do we do? When you say, what do we do with the in budget? In terms of Medicaid mm-hmm. and, and health care, uh, okay, expanding Medicaid. Medicaid. We got, I mean, we, got, yes. we don't know what Washington is going to do. We don't know what Congress yep. is going to do. I don't know how we tell Atlanta what to do. Yeah, so, so our health care, uh, today our, our health care budget is about 18%, um, at least uh, measuring it in 2018. Per capita, we're, 45, we're 45th in the country. So we're spending per capita per person uh, about $4,500 when you look at the community programs such as Medicaid and Peach Care. Um, I think you're, you hit it right on the head. We don't know what the federal government's going to do. If they repeal Obamacare, and when they do, um, there is word that they may move toward, a, uh, toward CAPS, um, to how much the federal government uh, provides to the state, um, as well as block grants. And what that means is if there is a, uh, a negative shift in employment rate, so if employment, unemployment goes up, mm-hmm. there, are few, there are fewer people that Paying have health care, mm-hmm. um, there's less money available from the federal government, which means that 18% we pay for out of the state today is going to significantly increase, and we're going to have to fund more social health care on um, um, out of our state budget, which is to me is unacceptable. So how do you how do you um, combat that? Well, you know, first you have to drive job growth. Um, you have to open uh, Georgia's borders to more um, health care provider options. Today they're very restricted. 
Um, I think there's you know four or five um, options. I think maybe one even backed out this past year. You know, maybe even fewer than that. Yeah, now, yeah. maybe even fewer than that. Um, so, so you have to address it, but um, I, I think it's all predicated upon what the federal government does, and then adjusting the state healthcare strategy to those moves that the federal government uh, Jonathan makes. Wallace is the Democrat who holds House District 119, now won that special election back in November. Uh, Steve Stricker, to my knowledge, is the only one who's reached out to me and said I'm running, the first Republican to announce in that race. I'm sure we'll talk again between now and November. Thanks for dropping in this morning. Absolutely. Thank Steve you for having Strickland. me. Candidate House District 119, quickly on the web someplace, or is that yet to come? Uh, yeah, so um, I'll, I'll, I'll throw a few plugs out there. Uh, my website is electstrickland.com. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll give the uh, listeners uh, my personal cell phone number, which is 404-769-7575. I do believe in accessibility 100% as a candidate. Um, I'm also holding uh, what you would call um, focus groups on specific industries. So if you're interested in participating in that, uh, we're looking at agriculture, uh, education, healthcare, you know, a lot of the topics we talked about today, sure. various social issues. And then finally, and Tim, I wanted to invite you to this. Mm-hmm. Um, on March 19th at Athens Country Club, I'm ho- hosting a fundraising golf tournament and silent auction with a local artist mm-hmm. and would love for you to um, participate and maybe even host your uh, show there that morning.